0: That's my cue. That's my cue to get up here, and well, we're on commandment six. It flashed up there really briefly. Why don't you, church, why don't you stand with me? We're going to read the scripture together as a congregation this morning. So it'll be right up here on the screen. Do not kill. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. The command is only three words in the common English Bible. Do not kill. Um, Could we all agree this morning that um, the world would be a better place if you did not kill anyone? Amen. Amen. God thinks that too. Don't kill anyone this week. This week or any week. If the band wants to come back up here, let's pray together. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I just had to, (laughs) I had to do it. I mean, it feels like, what do you say? Don't kill anybody, guys, don't do it. Um, In all seriousness, let's pray this morning. God, we thank you that you are here in this place. We thank you that your spirit is alive. We thank you that Jesus is alive. Our brother, the incarnate God, who was crucified, died, was buried He's risen on the third day. He ascended into heaven, and he's coming again. Thank you that you're alive, Jesus. Thank you that your spirit is alive in this place. We ask right now, um, in expectancy, um, that you would speak this morning. Um, not because of any clever words that I've prepared, or, um, yeah, we ask that you would... Spirit, come speak. Get... Get me out of the way. Bring all of us here, present right now, all of us sitting and me standing. Bring us all here before you this morning, fully awake and fully listening and speak to us through your word and through your commandments. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Um, and then our um, two-year-old daughter, Daphne, she's uh, developed this bad habit that we're starting to try to address um, on an average quiet day in the Davis household. Daphne will be like running around playing, you know, like two-year-olds do, just, ah! And then we'll notice, and then Daphne at some point will notice Daisy, our one year old, who's got like some muscle issues that uh, actually she can't sit up really well. She can't crawl, but she's, she's um, developing. And she'll notice Daisy sitting there on the floor playing, minding her own business. And then on an average quiet day in the Davis household, we'll watch Daphne come sauntering by Daisy, put her hand on the back of Daisy's head, and then shove Daisy face forward into the ground like it like straight into the carpet her face she just does it it's just what a two-year-old does sometimes it will be like a quick, mindless shove. She'll just be playing, walk by, boom! She just kind of shoves her down. Other times, it's like she walks up and she'll like put the hand on her, on the back of her head, and it's so gentle. And then it's just this gentle, relentless push. Then you can see Daisy straining down into the ground, face first. Sometimes it's like a drive-by shove, you know what I mean? It's like she just comes running by and bam! You know, what happened? Daphne's just passing by, and I guess it was a thing to do or something. Needless to say, Daisy does not care for this. Our one-year-old does not care for this, and she lets everybody know by <laughs> crying, of course. Crying, of course she does. And so we'll, we'll pick up Daisy. This is what the average day looks like. We'll pick up Daisy, you know, comfort her, make sure she doesn't have carpet burn or anything like that, bruised on the face. And then we'll bring D- Daphne over and explain to her, you cannot shove your sister's face into the ground. You cannot do it. We know that you're new to this. We know that you're only 29 months into this whole existence thing. We get it. We know you're, you're early on in this. We know that you're just learning now that you have agency in the world and that you can, you're just, you can be a cause that has effect on other people and other things. We know you are learning all this, but baby, you cannot shove. Thou shalt not shove thy sister's face into the ground. And so that's the rule in our house now. That's a a rule recently. Um, Hopefully there's gonna come a day when we don't need that rule, right? Uh, hopefully, hopefully so, right? Hopefully, you know, when they're, six, when they're 16 and 17, they're going to be grown up to the point where it's going to be completely obvious. It's going to be stupidly obvious that you shouldn't do that, and that rule's not even going to be talked about. Um, there's gonna, hopefully, there's going to come a day when this girl, when our girls are going to grow up. You know what I mean? They're going to grow up and take it for granted that part of loving each other means no faces shoved into the carpet. That's our hope. That's our, our heart as parents, that the rule will become stupid and obvious um, as they grow up. Um, there, might, there might be some sort of parallel between that stupid obvious rule and the sixth commandment the commandment that we just read together, and thanks be to God, <laughs> on the screen. It's the shortest commandment that we have run across so far in our 10-week series on the 10 Commandments. The, um, the Old King James Version says it in four words, thou shalt not kill. The NIV <clears throat> follows suit, but changes the wording just a little bit. It says, thou shall not murder is what it says. Thou shalt not murder. The command, as we read it today, is only three words. Cut a word. Three words in the common English Bible. Do not kill. The implied subject being you. You don't do it. But in Hebrew, um, it's going to be right here. In Hebrew, it's actually only two words. Only two words. Hebrew lesson. I know, everybody awake and excited. Hebrew lesson. In Hebrew, it's actually only two words. Lo tirzach is what it says, lo, and you read from right to left, so lo tirzak is what it is. It's only two words, two stupid obvious words, and there's tireless debate about what they mean, about what they mean. You can hear it in the translation even. Is it kill? Is it murder? There's debate about what Moses means here. Are we talking about don't Are we talking cold-blooded murder in the first degree? Is that what we're talking about? Because we can all get behind that, that makes sense. But like, is it kill? Is it something else besides just murder? Is it, what about law enforcement? What about law enforcement? What about war? What about self-defense? Somebody comes breaking into your house at night, threatening your children, something like that. What about those conspiracies? You guys seen Valkyrie with Tom Cruise? What about, like, those conspiracies to kill Hitler? You know what I mean? Like, what about the situations where the death of one stops the death of millions? Two little words and a lot of ink has been spilled trying to figure out exactly whose blood can be spilled. In these two words. What does it mean? Um, you can go to the next slide. It actually, so uh, do not murder, it shows up in, um, it, it shows up in huge translations of the Bible. Murder. Do not murder shows up. It shows up in the NIV, the ESV, and the NASB. Um, they make it sound like the, the verb there um, is highlighted in green. They make it sound like the verb um, ratzak, Translates directly into our conception of murder is what it makes it sound like. Thou shalt not murder. Ratzak, don't murder. Um, which all of us know what murder means. We all seen murder. It's like when people plan and you, and you and you kill someone in cold blood, you know, Freddy Krueger style or something like that. But the lexical range of this word, what this word can mean when you are using it, um, is far broader than just, it's, it's a little more encompassing, it's a little more confusing than just like Charles Manson or the Zodiac Killer or, or, or Hannibal Lecter, or, you know, pick your murderer. It's a, it's a little bit um, broader than that, because, um, go, so there are various ways of translating this. Let's just give an example. I just wanna give you guys an example of this word being used actually in the Bible. Um, a lot of times it's used for murder, um, it, but it can actually, go ahead and go to the next slide, That um, the uh, numbers example, yeah. so. The word ratsak, confusingly enough, it can actually refer to state execution. To state execution. It gets, it gets used as state execution to the death penalty here in Numbers um, 35 verse 30 is what's here on the screen. And then I put the, the green in Hebrew and corresponding to green in English. Um, in Numbers 35 30, there's a regulation talking about limiting the death penalty and when it can be used, and the end of this verse right here drives home the primary point of what, it's say- of what this verse is saying, and it's saying that nobody can be executed by the state solely because one person says so. You need more than one witness in a murder trial, basically, is what it's saying right here. There's got to be more than one witness, but it's interesting how the death penalty is described actually right here. It's described at the beginning of this verse as no one can be, no one can, you can't put to death, you can't be put to death as a murderer. And it's the same word in both of the places. Put to death and murderer are actually the same word. Um, nobody can be ratsocked as a harasak is is what it actually says right here. If whatever this word is, do not ratzak. If ratzak always and forever meant murder in like a Jack the Ripper, hatchet in the hand kind of way, then we would have to translate this verse. If it always meant that, we would have to translate this verse as no one can be murdered as a murderer. And maybe that's what it's it's saying when it's referring to the death penalty. unless there's sufficient evidence. That's what the verse says. Murder, most of us when we read that, we're like, well, murder doesn't quite fit. You gotta, the word "me" ratzak has gotta mean more than just murder. Because murdered as a murderer doesn't quite sound right slain as a slayer might work killed as a killer terminated as a terminator (laughs) Or, or something those might work but murdered as a murderer doesn't quite work in english for what for what the word means so when moses gives us these two words three words four words when moses says thou shalt not rot sock there's debate about what moses means I mean, it can be used to say "murdered" or murder, "killing a killer." The other example, quick example, is Deuteronomy 4. Go ahead and throw that up there. Um, uh, Deuteronomy 4 describes legislation where uh, sanctuary cities are actually being established in uh, the country, in the nation of Israel. Sanctuary cities are established for people who have accidentally killed someone else. Accidentally. It was an accident. You know, you, actually, you accidentally hit someone with your car. You accidentally, the example actually given in Deuteronomy, you accidentally swing your ax to chop down a tree and the head of the ax flies off and hits somebody. It kills someone. However it happened, you accidentally socked somebody. You accidentally murdered somebody. Killed somebody, (laughs) you you accidentally wrestled them. And you wanna be safe from persecution is what's going on here. You wanna be safe, and so you go to one of these three cities so that you can be safe from the mobs and pitchforks and torches, you know, people trying to be like, hey, that was my brother, that was my cousin, I really liked him. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. Um, You can find refuge in these cities from criminal charges, but murder doesn't quite work here either, does it? It doesn't quite work here because you can't accidentally murder someone. (laughs) That's not what the English word means, is it? Accidentally kill someone, sure. Inadvertently slay someone. Yeah, I'll buy that. But there's no such thing as accidental murder. (laughs) Murder implies something else, doesn't it? Murder, we might say, implies malice malice, not a word we use very often during the week. It implies contempt, not a word we use very often. It implies anger. It implies hatred. It implies I want them dead, is what murder, our English word murder, implies. Murder has to do with why is what murder has to do. Um, That's what any detective story, any criminal show, NCSI or whatever. Did I get those letters right, by the way? I don't, NCIS, yes, you can tell. Sherlock, BBC Sherlock in the house, that's me. Um, Anyway, sorry. Whenever you're looking for a murder, a criminal charges trying to be fought, you're trying to figure out what the motive is. You're trying to figure out what the why is. Why did they do that? To be sure, in the Hebrew scriptures, The most common use of ratzak has to do with murder. Sure, yes, it does. Most often it has to do with murder, with like angry, illicit, unjust, killing somebody by force. I want them dead. But Moses uses a word that can sometimes be broader than that. It's interesting, he uses the word can sometimes be broader than that. It can be broader than why or the motive or anything like that, Ratsak can be accidental. Ratsak can even be used in the criminal justice system. In Proverbs 22, ratsak can even mean killed by a lion. A lion can ratsak you in Proverbs 22. So there are like these really big important questions just hanging out there. We thought that these were just like three little words that like are just the stupidest, simplest little words they're, but they're tied up in, like, really big, important issues. Issues about, like, is there ever a just war? Is killing ever, like, like, is there ever a just war? Is self-defense and defense of the vulnerable ever okay? Could violence ever end violence? These are the questions that are, like, tied up in these, and they don't quite... the deeper we dig into like the hebrew into the cultural background of all this into all it it, there's still mystery it doesn't quite like give us all the answers that we want it leaves there's mystery in the word like and that's why personally that's why i actually chose this translation this week because i think kill is actually i like that translation a little better because If there's mystery in the word, then let's not chalk it up to murder all the time. Let's just say, let's be really slow to ever take a life. It's part of the reason I like this translation. Let's be slow to ever take a life if we're taking the commandment seriously. But there's open debate about what the commandment means. There's a little bit of debate about what Moses means. And so... In all things, we look to Jesus for clarity on these things, on what is confusing. If we want clarity on what we should be doing and who we were made to be and what God is like and the mysteries of how life is supposed to go, we should probably listen to God made human in Jesus. We should probably listen to what Jesus says. And Jesus actually talks about this command. He actually addresses this command explicitly. He talks about it. He, we can throw it up here on the screen. In Matthew, verse. Five, he, he, this is the very beginning of it. He's, he's leading up to it and he says, don't even begin to think that I have come to do away with the law and the prophets. I haven't come to do away with anything that you've heard. I've come to fulfill them. And so if we really want to see what the law is about, what? commands are about what the law genuinely, truly, really, authentically means and what it means for us to obey it. We listen to Jesus. We watch Jesus very carefully. And Jesus, because you skip a couple of verses, because it's Jesus and you don't need to listen to No, for the sake of time, we, uh, verse 21, we skip down and we say, you've heard that it was said to those who lived long ago, don't commit murder. Yes, we did hear that actually just now, we heard it. And all who commit murder will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry the verb right there is like active present tense, like carrying around anger, not doing anything about it, letting it just seep and sit. Um, "Is presently angry, and just staying angry with a brother or sister will be in danger of judgment. Wait. Wait just a second here, because Jesus is jacking up all of our debates about the sixth commandment. We like to hold the sixth commandment, like, at arm's length, don't we? Oh, that's an easy commandment. We could have a two-second sermon on it, because it doesn't matter. I'm not tempted to kill anybody. I'm probably going to go through my life, and I'm not going to do it. But, like, Jesus, it's like he can hear all of our, like, distancing ourselves and all of our technical debates about like digging into culture and trying to figure out what it means and stuff like that. All the stuff that we distract ourselves with. And he like can hear it and he like, oh, I think it means kill. I think it means murder. I think it, and we go back and forth. And he's like bypassing all of that. And he's like cutting straight to the heart of things. He says, it continues, if they say to their brother or sister, you idiot, driving any confessions anybody they will be in danger of being condemned by the governing council so like the the the, the judgment of like the legislation being falling on somebody who would kill someone now is falling on somebody who just calls them an idiot that and then if they say you fool which is actually in in hebrew he uses a word it's a particular word is what he says raha. Raka, it's like this dehumanizing spit in the back of your throat, like calling somebody, it's like one syllable. It's like calling somebody garbage or trash. They're just like worthless. If you say, Raka, you fool, garbage, you will be in danger of Gehenna, of fiery hell. (laughs) Suddenly, oh my gosh. Suddenly, the most stupidly obvious commandment that most of us have never seriously thought about breaking at all has become something that we all deal with we all struggle with like daily right it's it's less about the hatchet in our hands and more about the hatred in our hearts right it's like Jesus is saying to us there's more than one way to murder someone it's almost like a crime boss, doesn't he? You know there's more, way, more than one way to murder someone, right? Jesus is warning us. There's more than one way to murder someone. You don't need a gun or a bomb or a knife. You don't have to cut them to kill them is what he's saying. Jesus asks. He asks us about the sixth commandment. Us here in this room. He asks us about the sixth commandment. Maybe in these questions. Are there people who are dead to you? Are there people who are dead to you? Who have we killed in our hearts? Hatred in our hearts is the place where murder starts, is what Jesus says, and he says, take it very, very seriously. Most of the time, it's a killing that nobody sees. Nobody sees, but it's violent and terrible and dangerous all the same. Who are the people who are dead to us? That's what Jesus is saying, bypassing all of our debates, going straight to the heart of things. We're talking, of course, about that person that you can't stand when they talk talking about that person you can't stand when they talk and it's not like a superficial thing it's not like you know they it's something annoying on the surface like my over exaggerated gestures or my facial expressions or you know whatever it's a little odd their voice is a little strange or something like that no it's something that we've all experienced they didn't used to bug us they didn't used to but after that experience after what I've gone through after this last year the way things have gone now they do I can't stand when they talk. I can't stand looking at them, I, the way they chew their food. My <laughs> gosh, I hate it when they talk. If I got honest, I can hardly stand to be in the same room with them. And I kind of enjoy it. I kind of like it. I kind of, there's like an energy in it. There's like this energy in not liking them. There's more than one way to murder someone, Jesus says. There's more than one way to murder someone. We're talking about that person about whom in private conversations it slipped out. They're dead to me. They're dead to me. I want nothing to do with them. It's not just like a quick outburst. It's not just like us struggling with the relationship like in the heat of the moment. It's not just us processing fresh anger or fresh situation. They're dead to me as a decision. They're dead to me. And it's because the fresh anger never left our hearts. We never dealt with it. And it never got cleaned off the table. It's just piled up, plate after plate, never got rinsed off in the sink. And now it is there, and it is rotting. They are dead to me. And if they come up in conversation, I don't even want to talk about them. It's that person that we want to, like, We just want to spit at. It's that group of, <clears throat> of voters, of people who the, we despise. If we got honest, we watch television programs that reinforce what we think about that group of people. Perhaps we see people saying black lives matter. And we're absolutely furious when we see that sign or see those shirts or see those things about law enforcement being disrespected and can't they see, and we just bubble up inside. Or we feel white hot anger when we see the matching signs on the other side, all lives matter because that group of people over there are totally missing the point about about systematic injustice embedded in our society. Whenever, wherever you fall on social issues, if you got honest, it's not a problem that we have disagreements. It's a problem that we hate each other. It's a problem that if you got honest, you don't really give a rip about what those people are saying because what they're saying, you can't, they can't have a single cell in their brain because they, they support that cause and they support that candidate. And they, they post that on Facebook and they watch that news network <coughs> rocket, <coughs> rocket. <coughs> I'm sorry, (laughs) something in my throat. Let's be honest. I fooled Dan with it, he brought me water. Bless you, Dan, you're a saint. Raka, let's be honest. They and their thinking are trash. Not even worth considering or listening to. There's more than one way to murder someone. Jesus is warning us. There's more than one way to word it. That energy that we feel holding on to anger as we entertain hatred in our hearts, because that's really what it is. If you want to get honest about it, you're entertaining hatred in your heart. That energy, fire in you, is not the life-giving fire of God's spirit. It is not, that energy is not the fire of God's spirit. Spirit, Jesus is right. We're in danger of a different fire consuming us. It's consuming us from the inside out because sometimes there are two dangers. Sometimes the hatchet, the hatred in the heart becomes a, a hatchet in the hand, sometimes. Or a bullet or a bomb, you know, the kinds of things that rain hellfire down on the earth. But even if the hatchet never gets picked up, there's a a second danger, a a different danger. The danger is that our hatred eventually murders us. That's the thing, we could say it this way. Um, This is um, one of the last slides. Uh, Our hatred sometimes murders others and always murders us. Our hatred sometimes murders others and always murders us. Us. My hatred always murders me. That's, and here's the thing. God doesn't want us dead. God doesn't want us dead. God wants us alive, fully and forever alive. More alive than we ever dreamed. And so Jesus goes on immediately talking about the danger of fiery hell. He moves on really quickly from there, and he says, therefore talks about danger of Gehenna hellfire therefore if you bring your gift to the altar you journeyed to Jerusalem and brought something to the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has sinned against you leave your gift at the altar in Jerusalem and go back to wherever you came from this is like crazy talk first make things right he says with your brother or sister and then come back and offer your gift be sure he gives another example Be sure to make friends quickly with your opponents while you are with them on the way to court. Otherwise, they'll haul you before the judge. The judge will turn you over to the officer. You know, the legal system goes, they'll throw you into prison. And I say to you in all seriousness, you won't get out of there until you've paid the very last penny. There there might be debate about what Moses means, but there's no debate about what Jesus means. You wanna be alive? You wanna be fully and forever alive, more alive than you have ever imagined? Go, make things right. Make friends quickly. Go above, go beyond, be reconciled. That's what true life is like because that's what God is like is what the gospel says. The life of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is self-giving, is vulnerability, is forgiveness free and clear, is love, 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 pursuing reconciliation even when they don't deserve it. Here's my spirit, Jesus says to his church. Be like that. Be like that. You can. Be like that. The sixth commandment is a lot like not shoving your sister's face into the ground. It's not a great start. It's a great starting place, but it's not a really good finish line, is it? That's not the goal that we have for my, for my daughters. And If we go around saying, well, I'm not shoving anybody's face into the ground. Well, I'm, not, I'm just yanking on their hair. I'm just, spit, I'm just yelling at her. I, I'm not killing them with a hatchet. I'm just stoking the fires of hell in my heart is all I'm doing. Do we realize that we are nowhere near the heart of the Father? The heart of the Father heart of our heavenly parent is that the sixth commandment would become something stupid and obvious as we grow up but that we're growing up in love growing up in love and Jesus in what he's saying to us here in Matthew 5 is saying grow up in love and stupid and obvious don't murder but don't stoke any hell in your heart forgive pursue whoever it is that's like in your head right now. Have you done what you can to make things right? Is that your heart? Don't just put away the hatchet, put away the hatred, right? Again and again and again as it comes up and run towards the finish line. The finish line is love. For some of you, and the band can in all seriousness, start coming, making your way back up. Um, It should be said that we can't force reconciliation to happen. You can't do it. Some relationships are broken, and you do what you can, and you can't make it happen. Um, You can't suddenly make some relationships okay. But brothers and sisters, the world is at stake that we desire it the world, your world, the world is at stake that you above all things ache for things to be made right. And that we do what we can to make things right. And that's when our hearts start lining up with the heart of the Father. That's when we start like believing and living the gospel. A God who says, Despite all that you have done, I will not attack you. I will not rasak you. I will not kill you. I will not shove your face into the grave or into your sin or into your shame. I will not shove you. Th-. A God who says, I bear the scars of your hatred and your hatchets, and I do not hate you. Brothers and sisters, that is what God is like. That is what God is like, and his spirit has been poured out on his church, and he calls us to live like that. That's the life of the kingdom. That's the heaven of God's life. That is the only place where we come alive. There's more than one way to murder someone, and there's only one way to find resurrection, and that's to repent. Repent of our hatchets and our hatred. Take up the cross and follow Jesus. That's where we all come alive the world is at stake that we desire it. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, um, this is deep and hard for some of us who have been wounded really, really deeply. And we think that hatred at And anger is some sort of power that we have over people. Power over the situation, some sort of control that we can, the last bit of control that we have over it. And Spirit, we invite you in this place to move and to set free those of us who are chained and locked up and living shrinking, broken, hellish sort of lives because of our hatred. Set us free. In the name of Jesus, set us free.